Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, welcome to Soap from the Box, the podcast where I, Lee Salisbury, go behind the scenes of some of TV's biggest shows, EastEnders, Coronation Street, Emmerdale, Hollyoaks, Neighbours and Home and Away. I directed some of those shows for over 10 years and I want you to get to know the stars of those shows a bit better like I do. This week's episode is a slightly strange. I spoke originally to my guest seven months ago and in the meantime, she is now going back into Emmerdale. So I caught up with her again recently. Here are both parts of the interview. I'll let you guess who it is. Here she is. Enjoy. So my guest today on from Soap from the Box, God, I've forgotten the name of the podcast, is Samantha Giles, who play, now wait for this, I found some words describing your character, fun, the funny, ditzy, selfish, <laughs> thoughtless, unreliable, <laughs> brutal and passionate Belize Blackstock. <laughs> I mean, so typecast, obviously. Yeah, part. absolutely. <laughs> you play, so you played um, her for sev- over seven years in Emmerdale. And I always tried to start with the memory. And I think my biggest memory working with you was this. We had to do a scene where basically I had to direct a spaghetti carbonara going over Sammy Winwood, who played Katie. That's right. So oh hello, by God. the way. Hello, hello. <laughs> yes, I remember that. And I had to wear this awful outfit thing, like a Basque type thing. And... Oh, yes. Oh, it was so embarrassing. Yeah. And for people watching, I mean, actually directing food or I always think like all of us dream of throwing a pint over someone in telly it's actually really hard to throw something over someone isn't it and make it look good yeah it is I mean I don't think we did that we could only do it once though really because of our hair well I think it was supposed to be spaghetti bolognese and they wouldn't let us because they said it would take so long to get out of Sammy's hair if it was the colour so we went for carbonara (laughs) <laughs> but what was it I mean what, so basically the idea today is to speak half about the show and Benice and then half about you yeah so what was it like uh, taking on a role I mean it must be such a fun character to play some, you know with all those words to describe her I know no it was really it was a real gift of a part you know um, because I think if you're going to go into a soap and play a character you really need a character that stands out otherwise you get lost and you can still get lost you know even even if you're playing that sort of character so I was very, very lucky. It was great fun. And what we, I mean, when you went into Emmerdale, I always think, is it one of those things that you're surrounded by people you've either heard about or seen on telly? Because there are some huge, especially when you went in, you know, there were some still real big matriarchs there. Is there a pressure to kind of fit into that? I think, because when I first, I first played the role when I was in my late 20s, I did it for three years. So uh, before I left, and then I was out for 10 years before going back. So I think I was kind of so focused on I had to do the job properly that I, I kind of managed to get rid of all that in my in my head. I didn't think about the fact that, you know, this person or that person or, you know, Alan Turner was I was doing a scene with him or anything like that. I just thought I have got to treat this as if, you know, I'm kind of on their level. And I mean, I had done a I had done a film with Rob Lowe a few years before so I thought if I can do that I can do anything oh I didn't know that was that did you, was that in Hollywood or in... no no that was in Luxembourg oh okay oh nice though <laughs> yeah it was lovely yeah um and and so I just thought and I wasn't nervous because I just he was just so normal and so I just thought well if I can do that then you know I can do this and you had I mean obviously you had some brilliant people in your family you had Liz Estenstein playing your mum who obviously is amazing I remember her being teabag 
yeah. years ago, and Patrick Mower yeah, as I your know. dad. So, I mean, you went into a great family unit, didn't you? I don't think I ever realised how big Liz and Patrick were. Do you know what I mean? You know, um, and 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 it's only really through like my husband because he's a massive horror horror movie buff and he was sort of saying to me you know Patrick Moa was in um a Dennis Wheatley no I can't think of it the name of it now but a really famous horror film and um you know we've looked back and seen him come up on the telly and that and he's such a lovely man actually Patrick. oh he is he's such a nice man isn't he now before we get into the real meat of things there's just a little fun thing to see how much, if you can remember things about Bernice, it helps me get through the backstory. <laughs> so do you remember when she made her first appearance? Do you remember when it was? I think it was 1999 or something. Or near 1998, November 1998, oh, right, yeah. Okay. Which is ages ago now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, do you remember who Bernice gave a makeover to to prove to people she could open a salon? Oh, God. No, I don't. And that wouldn't have been that long ago. Was it? Would it have been Kerry? No, it was two of the older... <laughs> I remember just the out. I remember the. It was Pearl and Betty. I just oh. remember the filming of that. I didn't do it, and I just remember these horrific makeovers. Because <laughs> I mean, I remember working in the salon. It was brilliant, wasn't it? I think when they opened that. Yeah, with, it was the, really, never that business would work really. No, with those two running it. It was such a clever idea, though, wasn't it? That was the Kate Oates. Ah, uh, was baby. it Kate Oates? Yeah. Who, for everyone who's probably listening, does know Kate was. I think a storyliner on Emmerdale worked to be series producer and now is head of continuing drama at the yeah, BBC. BBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah mean, she was very clever at very good ideas, story ideas because it re- really, really worked that. And what was it like? I mean, did you have any? I mean, as we know, filming it's really hard to work in sets like that because you can't really actually do anything, can you? What no. were you doing most of the time being seen? <laughs> finishing off hair? Well, I hate that because people always used to say, oh, you know, in hairdressers, people are never doing things. So I was kind of like, right, I want to be doing things. So I remember doing highlights on somebody once. Oh, you actually did highlights? <laughs> but it was just conditioner, <laughs> right. white conditioner, putting that on with the foils and everything. It's so fiddly. Talking and doing anything to do with props is a bit of a nightmare. But yeah, well, I did do a few things straightening hair and just trying to look like you're holding the scissors and everything in the <laughs> <Yeah>. right way <laughs> and you did that obviously with laura who plays kerry who's another obviously came in it's quite a dark character actually and then obviously yeah found the comedy is it what's it like because obviously you're a fantastic comedy actress what's it like working with other comedy act- i mean do you all have a different way of working do you think is there a groove that everyone's got or i suppose so yeah i mean you just kind of we just got on anyway and the characters were you know, different enough to, um, they, they gelled anyway, didn't they? Sort of bounced off each other, I think, the way you, her, her character is and the way mine is. I don't know. It's just an organic thing, I think, if you if you do comedy. I can't tell you how, how you, do, how it, you no. do it. It's just, it's timing, isn't it? And it's a natural, instinctive thing, I think. And is it something you fell into comedy? Again, do you find a groove and think, oh, actually, I'm quite good at this? Yeah, I, I, I think it was something that probably I... I kind of had a natural um, forte. I'm saying that. I mean, I don't know really, but that's when I've started off very early in my career. And a friend that I that I met that used to write things for me, he would always write because um, he came from a similar background. And I think it's the way we've been brought up with our parents, the way they speak, the rhythms, um, which he really identified with. It's a real kind of asp- working class but aspiring middle class. You know, making comments about people. A bit judgmental sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of our background. So he ho- hooked into that and said, oh, I can write stuff for you like that. And then your family in it as well. Obviously, your sister played by Nicola Wheeler, Nicola, who also brilliant at comedy. Yeah. And actually, I'm going, she's actually wanted to say hello today. So we're going to have oh. Nicola on the phone, hopefully, if we're oh. going to hear her. Oh, how cute. Hello. Hi, Nicola Hello. Wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Sunshine. Hello, how are you? I saw you this morning, Lee. I'm not bothered about you. <laughs> no, yeah, we just talked. So we were just talking about the fact that Sam came in. She's a great comedy actress, obviously, and then she's got you to balance with. You know, kind of good. <laughs> I thought you were going to say then that I was a great serious actor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that as well. So have you got any uh, stories about... So have you got a favourite memory of Emma Dale with Sam? Something Sam's 
famous for is innuendo bingo at work. Like I'm, I, I turn into after four o'clock, I turn a bit potty mouth. Sorry, I've got my dog whining because he wants to go and play not with another dog. No, it's not after. What do you mean after four o'clock? <laughs> well, it's something about. I think it must be a blood sugar thing. After four o'clock, I, I, I literally okay. turn potty mouth. But Sam, literally from eight o'clock in the morning, is, is innuendo bingo. Um, so she often, you know, she'll say she'll say naughty things, and we all laugh it off even though it, she, she does it with innocence Sam is always the person she says everything with innocence and doesn't realise oh. what she's saying well, well do you know well, no, sometimes do you remember Sam because it used to be I was, I was thinking about your you know your idiosyncrasies with food you know how you have to sniff something you're like oh, oh no yes. I, I can't just put it straight in my mouth I have to sniff it first <laughs> which of course <laughs> we all instantly went what about your boyfriend <laughs> and that which is you know it's all the hilarity of that and you can't eat something that's been on paper no, that's or right. if it's wrapped in paper she can't like like if we do party scenes she has to say to props you can't put them on the serviettes i can't eat so as a sister could you have wished for a better person nicola to play your sister <laughs> oh no we had such a laugh didn't we we did we have did. such a laugh yeah we good, did good. I, I miss that yeah i do miss yeah. that well, did, did Sam tell you about what we did where, because um, Sam eats, um, she's got this thing about, look, she loves Skips Chris, there you go, let's get a little plug in, maybe Skips will send you loads. Oh yeah, please. Skips, if you're um, listening, Skips sponsor Chris. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so uh, when Sam was leaving, we did get her a better present, but another present was we got lots of bags of Chris and wrote little notes on, little like positive thoughts or silly things. Um, and we gave them to you f- to finish your writing, didn't we? To yeah, the it was very cute. You like, had a little packet, yeah. a different packet of crisps every day with a little note. Oh, yeah. But yeah. it's because Sam for her lunch would have an apple and crisps. Oh, <laughs> that was all you had. Honestly, even in the village, you didn't have the. Big... Occasionally, occasionally I'd have something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, thank you very yeah. much, Nicola, for joining us. Nicola's oh, got her own podcast, much. so she just wants to be on every podcast. Basically, <laughs> she's told me she's pretending she knows everyone. <laughs> your mission to get in on everybody I'm, I'm, I'm just in a call with Brad Pitt at the moment <laughs> yeah <laughs> alright Nick speak to you later bye. Bye, bye bye but yeah is it nice that like you said it's the camaraderie isn't it Emmerdale is I mean it, the people always say that it's a one big family but it really is Emmerdale isn't it yeah on the most part there's always something yes. <laughs> there's always a black sheep <laughs> No, there's always people that you're going to not particularly like, you know, in any job, isn't there? I'm not going to yeah. lie. No, yeah, oh yeah. But, um, yeah, generally speaking, yeah. We For were... a cast, I suppose, and a crew that big, it's actually amazing, though, that yeah. most of the time yeah. you kind of like I'm people. I'm sure that it's, it's, you know, I've heard it's pretty horrendous on some programmes. Elsewhere. So I think we were pretty lucky. Lucky. <laughs> so back to the little quiz. Who found Benice and... Um, I put Kelvin there. That'd be wrong. Who found Bernice and Andy having sex in the salon? Can you remember? Oh, now somebody walked in, didn't they? Um, I do remember filming the scene. Someone who we might have just... There's three of them, but one person who's just been here. Oh, Nicola. Nicola? Yeah, Nicola and Rodney oh. and Kerry I've got. Oh, right, OK. And how yeah, was that? Because obviously Kelvin, who plays Andy, has done Strictly and everything. I think the whole nation fell in love with Kelvin watching his, whatever he does, his salsa, whatever he does. <laughs> I can actually believe he danced that well, though. No, I know. Cause it's he's cause still, he, but he's still got such a bulky bit, you know. I think it's because he's got, he likes doing that little camp thing. He does, yeah. And that's why he could really embrace that and it made him so good, I and guess. And that's probably not what people were expecting. But what was it like when you heard of that? Because obviously you did some quite, for Emmerdale, some quite saucy stuff. Yeah, I was really with... embarrassed about having to do that because I thought, well, number one, he's younger than me, a good bit younger than me. You know, I remember when I very first came into the show, he was about 12 or something. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> so... Oh God, he was because he's been in it, yeah. Yeah. So it felt a bit, you know, and obviously I think it's always embarrassing having to kiss other men, hey, yeah. you know, well, kiss anybody, particularly because, you know, you just think, oh, God, you know, this is really, they're not, they're obviously not, you know, people that you fancy or whatever. I mean, if you've got to kiss someone you fancy. It's probably even worse, bit, isn't it? Yeah, well, I don't know. I th- That'd probably be quite nice. But as an actor, obviously as an actor, you're supposed to take on that mantle of like, it's not you, it's the person. Yeah. But obviously you must be yeah. still. Well, There's no just... way you can not think, oh my God, this is everyone's watching. And I think what you have to do is, this is what I think, when, you, when you're paired with somebody that you're supposed to be in love with, you have to focus on, obviously you're playing the character, but you have to focus on that one thing about them that you, that you really like, say. Oh, okay, or that, yeah. That, 
that's really nice. So it might be someone's sense of humour, it might be their eyes, or it might be, I don't know, their hair. Just one thing, and you just have to focus on that. So what was the one thing that was Andy? (laughs) Right, now you're asking, because that was a long time ago. (laughs) Yeah, no. Um, What was it with Calvin? I I think it, it was just... He was a good laugh, you know, so it probably was that that I used to sort of yeah, focus yeah. on. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's quite difficult because, obviously, with someone that age where you think, oh, they're going to be... He's not going to want to kiss a woman my age. It's You know, you feel embarrassed, but... I think Kelvin loved it. <laughs> <laughs> now, so when you joined, you had a huge storyline with Nicola. Yes. Uh, and you... Was it you having an affair with Carlos? Mm. So what, again, I think affairs were obviously wild in soap. Um, What was the reaction? I mean, what was your, because obviously soap changed your life when you go in it, people watch it every day. Did you have a, what was the reaction to Benice out on the streets? I don't know really, because, you know, I know it sounds crazy, but at that time I was working all day, every day, and I was flying back to, I lived in Windsor, so I was flying back um, to Windsor, well, you know, Heathrow, on a Friday night and then flying back up on a Sunday. And the weekends, I'd kind of spend... Learning your lines and stuff. yeah. lines and, and everything. So I didn't really see people. I literally didn't really see people for the whole of those three years when I was doing it because it was such a manic schedule and I was in all the time. So I think people liked it. Um, and I remember me and Gary being on the front cover of the TV Times... And that kind of thing, you know. And, and, and what's that like when you're... Because, again, <laughs> so is, in a way, we said this... I think I said this to someone else I was speaking to on the podcast, but it's kind of like C-list Hollywood in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like, you get more attention than yeah. Hollywood stars here. Do you, I, what's the first time you see yourself on the I front of the TV I Times? I really think anything of it. I just let it all go over my head. Uh, and which I is just, the best way, isn't I just it, really? took, it, took it as it came sort of thing yeah. you know I didn't think whoa oh, this is amazing and I didn't and I didn't think anything I just it, I just did it you know it just, and do you think times have changed though because I think Emmerdale's changed I mean we always laugh that Patsy Kensit kind of changed Emmerdale and she bought the oh, press really? and the the paps and stuff because Emmerdale was kind of left alone wasn't it yeah, and Emmerdale was yeah. like the weaker link of the soaps and yeah. now suddenly uh it's over to, you know it's kind of really up there at the I, top I, was it a different you've done it both ends really did you find it different at first the old Emmerdale when I went back I never it was it was like a different job I didn't notice it being more press or paparazzi or anything like that I think people tended to leave me alone actually I'm not I'm not very interesting person to to the press thankfully I remember I was living near someone who was the center of like a bit of a pap thing and they were like hiding in the tree and it's actually I wasn't involved but uh, it's really scary and that comes part and part of course now doesn't it with jobs like that in a way I think also I think people caught it though I, I, because you know around that time I did have people knocking on my door and I thought how the hell did they get my address you know and all this kind of thing press but I think generally speaking a lot of the shots you see of people They're you know somebody's phone the, beach, the yeah. press or whatever you know because I've never had any Whenever like on the beach, do you kind of walk out of the sea swinging your hair? And exactly. it's like they've so set that up, haven't they? Oh, yeah, with all your jewelry on and whatever, <laughs> yes. and yeah. you know, looking perfect. So, you left obviously for a while, and we'll talk about personal life in a bit. But on your return, you became or Bernice became acting landlady of the Woolpack. Again, is that kind of I always see that as a bit of soap heaven if you get to if you get the you know, if you get the pub. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. all the big is it was it kind of is it nice when you yeah I, again I never really I never really kind of realised the importance of that or how how amazing that was I mean I've got in my kitchen the old thing when Bernice was the landlady. oh really have oh, the, the the thing that props the licensee thing the licensee, yeah which is lovely it's like a little piece of um, history, history yeah. which is kind of nice and I'm I'm really proud of that you know. So you just, you just kind of take these things. It's only when you look back retrospectively that you think, oh, my God, you know, that was going on. And I didn't really realise how great it was at the time. And, I mean, in the pub, just to people, again, watching it, going behind the scenes, I suppose I always think there's two sides of being owning the pub in the show because, obviously, you're in loads of episodes, so it's good money-wise. <laughs> but also, they are the longest. I mean, as a director, oh. you dreaded the pub days because yeah. basically, especially if you run the pub, a lot of the time you're just pulling a pint, aren't you? You're just you? being an extra, really, or supporting artist, I should say. 
saying, you know, £3.50, please, or whatever, but you're doing that in high heels, and you're, or you're saying, all oh, the director says to you, right, can you just walk through a shot here, and you're going to take the camera to somebody else, and just collect some glasses there, to be, so it's, it looks busy, and you're like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And were those days hard then when you Awful. were just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are really, really long, which that sounds stupid because, you know, I could be standing, walk, working in a factory or something for 12 hours. So there are worse things to be doing, but... But on the show, yeah, the show, I think, that's, yeah. That's hard. Um, and Liz, I mean, Les Essenstein did it for oh, years and years and years, didn't she? Yeah. She I always remember meeting Emily Simons for the first time, but it was massive for me because she used to be in Home and Away, which mm. I loved. And she was just so grumpy when I first met her because she was so over working in the pub. Um, now, so then Bernice fell. One of the other big storylines was uh, falling in love with Lawrence White, and he was unable to perform sexually. She was quite a sexual character, wasn't she, Bernice? Yeah, she was actually. Yeah, I mean, it, well, a lot of it was based around sex. Why do you yeah. think that was? Do you think? I mean, what do you think the inner workings of Bernice were? Was she kind of a lost soul? Was she like think... sex is often something that people use as a I think actually it was how she'd been brought up and her mother, because Diane, the character of Diane, when she first came in, she did a very, very sort of um, mucky past, yes, you know, yeah. and lots and lots of men and all this kind of thing. So I think um, Bernice was just copying her mother's behaviour and always and saw sex as a way of getting what you want um, and also something that should be enjoyed and celebrated and so on. So she, I think it's just, you know, taking after her mum actually and again with Lawrence you got Bernice got to live at home farm as well didn't she yeah. so again that's another I know kind of iconic weird. thing yeah. we always say home farm was the one they would always change her oh, yeah. oh God, the amount Never of families that came into farm no it? and it would have a total refurb must cost a fortune must cost a fortune that. I did have some nice or the character had some nice frocks when I was oh so um, that's nice yeah. Lawrence, <laughs> obviously he had lots of money and how so. does it work clothes shopping for the cast do you go out and pick stuff for the character they they you, initially when you very first te- get the job you go and do a, a shop and they come with you but then they kind of know your shape and everything so they go out and get things and then just bring them in and say do you want to try these on and say which ones you like or don't like so it was quite quite and good I think really. some people never I always whenever I do watch it now poor Charlotte Bellamy is Laura I mean I think she's been in the same outfits for about <laughs> for 30 years that sounds all right but we're not putting on any weight then, <laughs> yes <it>? yeah true <laughs> Um, and then after the wedding disaster to Lawrence, because, well, I mean, I was, did he, was he gay in the end? He was gay, but also she was, um, she did marry him, didn't she? But she'd yeah. snogged, what it was, she'd snogged Andy the night yes. before the wedding or something, or snogged him or slept with him or something. And Lawrence basically said, we can still get married and we'll just have an open relationship. <laughs> and And I was quite excited by that. Yes, that's a, well, and also that's quite a real story. That would yeah. be really interesting to play, and yeah. then they never did anything. Oh, with what it. a shame! And what that's shame. the frustrating thing, I think, that that sums up for me the main frustration about working on a soap. Is you can see these things potential, potential, and they they don't run with them, or they run with something else. So it ends up making you feel. What did I do? Did I do something wrong? wrong was yeah, I not? Yeah. Was I not a good enough? actor for them to do that story but I don't think it's any of those things actually I just would you think like you said when you joined you were you didn't you know your feet didn't touch the ground for three mm. you know is that what's changed I think that so many people are in the show now that yeah. that doesn't really happen to anyone no, because I'm they sure don't have time true. to concentrate on I'm sure that that has a lot to do with it there's a much much bigger cast they have to spread the workload out but you still find that some people still obviously work more, work, work yeah. more. and I guess maybe they're going on um, what they think audiences want to see. I don't know. Who knows? And you were, as the role, before we move on to you, you were nominated for loads of awards, including, well, you won Best Actress, um, but you are also nominated for Sexiest Female. I mean, what do you think of those kind of awards? I, it's I, just God, silly, I, isn't it? It is silly, isn't it, though? I'm not, I'm not a great fan of awards. I mean, can you imagine anyway? what would your speech have been? I always remember going to the Soap Awards and... If someone made a serious speech after they won Sexiest Male or Sexiest oh. Female, it used to be so... Cr- oh, my God. What can you say? It's ridiculous, isn't it? <laughs> what is sexy? It's different things to different people, isn't well, it? Well, in this day and age, it feels very old, like, kind of carry-on type. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's very yeah. weird yeah, it is, judgment it? of you, isn't it? Yeah. So 
So let's move on to you as a person, Sam. So you were born in uh, Maidstone in Kent. Mm-hmm. Were your, was your passion always? Did, did you remember liking acting? Oh, yeah. oh, really? Absolutely. The only thing I've ever wanted to do. Oh, really? Yeah. So at school, were you in the plays and everything? Yeah. Did you, and I suppose in Kent, were you, was it? did it feel far removed, the idea of having a career in acting? Yes, because, I mean... We were quite rural, really. I mean, it's not as rural now, but we were in a village, Bearstead, just outside Maidstone, and there wasn't anything, like in the cities here, my girls go, they can go dancing, they can do this, they can go to tap, you know, you name it, it's their drama classes. It was nothing like that, nothing at all. Um, and I remember saying to my parents that I wanted to go to stage school when I was quite quite young and my mum was like oh you're not going there <laughs> you know you're you'll come out you know precocious this that and the other that if you want to be an actress then you'll you can do it when you're grown up sort of thing oh okay so they were very um you know just ordinary well, she was a hairdresser my dad was a fireman and you know to them that was like well where's this come from so so that was out of the question so I just did all the clubs and, and you know plays do you school. remember your first main role part in a play or um, I remember doing Shakespeare um, at school and playing Helena in A Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, OK. Yeah, that was quite a big uh, a big one to do. And, and actually on that, right, because I used to want to be an actor, and I used to do Shakespeare, and I used to, I never even remember not being able to learn lines. It used to be easy. Does yes. it get harder to learn lines? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because I don't think I could ever learn Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you'd say that, but you probably could, because the fact... The iambic pentameter, you know, the, the uh, rhyming yes, and everything. Yes, it makes it. It does make it easier. But yeah, if you dry, you're a bit snookered. What's you're... your trick of learning lines? How did you used to do it? Um, just repetition, really. Right. But also working out what you're actually saying in the scene, what yeah. the scene's about, um, so that if you do dry, you can get back onto the, you know, the crux of what the issue is. So you always know what your purpose is in that scene. That's the important thing. Yeah. And that's, I mean, loads of people. Who is it that does, um, oh, what's the director who did Secrets and Lies? Where they Quite do? Lee. Yeah, I mean, does that scale you, the idea of not having a script? Because that's what no. that is about. I remember getting seen um, by him. Oh, did for, you? Wow. It, it was for Secrets and Lies, I think. And um, we had an initial meeting and then we, and then he called me back and I had to do this sort of work with him, improvised work. And um, and I got a lovely. I didn't get the job, but I got a lovely letter back saying you're on the list. Oh and wow, I remember, that's amazing! I remember them asking my agent, "Could I sing?" And uh, for like a year or two later, when he did something musical, and unfortunately, I can't. So that was that, really. But was it exciting? That yeah. I always think that must be the most exciting. I mean, you watch that film, you can't believe it's not know, scripted in I a know. way. So clever, isn't it? Yeah, so clever. So obviously you went on to you went on to act. One of the things people listening to this will probably remember you in was playing Sally Booth for 3 years in Where the Heart yeah. Is, which was very obviously very northern Yorkshire show. How how was that because you start with Leslie Dunlop who I know. who obviously is in Emma Downer, who I lo- I remember watching her in May to December, which yes. I, she was one of my favourites, yeah. Leslie. How was Where the Heart Is? I mean, that was, I would think, in that time, Heartbeat was being made. Yorkshire was kind of like a hub, thing, wasn't yeah. it? It was huge, all of those dramas. It was. It was really funny, that, because I'd left Emmerdale, and, and then I was, six months later, I was back in Yorkshire again filming that, So and I had to do a Yorkshire accent, which was good. I enjoyed doing that, actually. It's challenging. And it was great. We had so much fun on that show, and it was lovely working with Leslie you know we did some really good laughs so yeah I loved it I remember and I'm sure I'm speaking to Leslie sure Leslie will repeat this story that uh that I remember she said they used to have lots of fun (gasps) I know she said one day all of the that some people have been drunk in the pub or something and everyone had a cast meeting and they were kind of looking at all the youngsters and Leslie said she was standing there thinking it was actually us Well, do you know what? We got into trouble, such bad trouble, Leslie and I, for getting the giggles on set oh. one day. We could not stop. We were hysterical. And um, we had this guest actor in, I won't say his name, um, but he was very po-faced throughout the whole right. thing. And that made us worse, actually. And we got, and you know you know, Paul Walker, the director. Yes, you? yeah. So he was directing and he absolutely tore a strip off us. He was, he was so angry. And it just, we just couldn't stop. It was horrendous. It's the worst thing, it, isn't it? Yeah, it was, we had called tea breaks, the oh, works, God. everything to do and stop. No, it was terrible. Anyway, that night, loads of people went out. There was a big 
like a party thing on. Leslie and I didn't go because we were so ashamed. <laughs> we were like crying in our in our hotel rooms. And then the next day there was a big rugby day and they had to pull the day's filming because everyone was still drunk. Oh God. Oh night God. Before. So we redeemed ourselves because we and hadn't everyone been, else. We hadn't been drinking. So they they had to suddenly find scenes that they could do with cast members who were sober. <laughs> But I mean, I was terrible as a director in Slam because I just get the, as big. I remember sitting in the gallery and people used to get Lee, we need to. Because it's that thing, isn't it? When you're on set and if someone goes wrong, it's then you go again and the line's coming up. I know, you're waiting. The you're waiting for the line. And then it gets earlier and earlier. Yeah. And what you do, because I remember Charlie Webb used to say she used to sit and just pinch herself really oh, hard yeah. so it hurt. Yeah. Is that a good trick? Yeah, I mean, it does. It does help. But also I've found as I've got older, just saying just saying the lines quickly before you go for another take, it's almost like it, it's, it gets it out of the yeah, way. Yeah. I think we've had to change lines before on set when it, we, it was like we'll never... Because again, on a, on a soap, and I suppose where the heart is with the same, it's a machine, isn't it, as well? Yeah. You don't have... So you are sitting looking at the clock going, God, this is eating away half also, an hour. it was done on film. So really, really expensive. Oh, God. Have you had any, actually... Uh, like, because obviously everyone says don't work with animals and children, which is totally and utterly true, isn't it? I mean, literally, it's worse. Have you had any experiences? Did you... Did, did... We didn't... I've not had any sort of funny animal experiences, really. Children, yes. I remember that child on Emmerdale putting his fingers through my hair and he'd been eating beef, what's it, or something. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and God. I had to... I couldn't wait to get home and wash my hair. Oh, especially knowing from Nicola now your thing with food and stuff. Oh, my <laughs> God. So, um, now this I found interesting when I was looking... Oh, actually, but staying on where the heart is, because I looked at some old pictures, was Martin Kemp, did he play? Yeah, I did yeah, an episode. Wow. Yeah, he came to an episode, and we were supposed to be like, you know, our characters were tempted kind of thing. Yeah, well, what did you do? I always remember meeting Martin Kemp, wait before he sent us and stuff, and he was still remain one of those people that just had this aura around him. I thought he was... Did you have that or not? No. No, he was very sweet. He was very you sweet. You didn't have the... No, no I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I didn't particularly like Spandau Ballet when I was... Well, I didn't, I didn't dislike them, but they weren't... I wasn't like, oh, my God, Spandau Ballet or anything like that. It was just another actor, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and, and he was with... I think he was with my agent at the time, so I kind of felt like I sort of knew him, even though I didn't really know him. And so you got good guest cut, because what were the ratings? I bet they were like... They were quite good. Yeah, like about seven million or something. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now I also saw you, which I didn't know, in two thousand ten. You appeared on Celebrity Mastermind. Oh, I know. With especially subjects, the works of Alfred Hitchcock. I know. So where's that passion come from? No, it wasn't my passion. My husband's a massive Hitchcock fan. Oh, right. Okay. And I thought, let me pick a subject that will be fun, you know, so that we can watch the films and then he can help me, you know, because he knows everything about them, Alfred Hitchcock. So we watched the films together. And, I mean, that's a uh, lot of films. It was a lot, yeah. About 55, I think you made about 55 Huge amount, so. yeah, yeah. And so did you do well? Um, I, I came third. Oh. I think I didn't come bottom. Out of what? Not three. <laughs> <laughs> no, no there's four of us. I got the giggles on that. Oh, did you? Before it started. Was that with Magnus Magnusson? Or was that, no, no? it was John, is it John Humphreys? Oh, John Humphreys, okay. No, because oh, the music God. started and it just made me go because it's a live <laughs> audience. And I got the giggles and I was on with Richard Herring, a comedian, and he sort of was laughing as well. I think he sort of understood why I, why I got the giggles. <laughs> but I mean, I did, cur- you know, rein it in. I was all right when I got. I've always seat. said, if I think if you went, have you ever done any others like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire or any of those? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, it was ter- it was absolutely terrifying, absolutely awful. But I mean, it was for charity, and you know, so that was worth it because you 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 didn't get obviously paid. Your your yeah, what yeah. Would have been your fee went to charity. Have you been offered? I mean, would you do the Strictlys and the I'm a Celebs or? I, d- I definitely wouldn't do I'm a Celebs. No, you would be useless. I think you would be useless on that. Yeah, I, I, I'd be ter- I wouldn't even do the jumping out the helicopter. <laughs> no, no, no. Also, if someone got on my nerves, I I don't think I'd be a good. I think I'd have to have it out. With I know, yeah. It would be awful. People have always said if I was on something like Big Brother, I'd either be first out or last in. I'd either be absolutely despised because I wouldn't be able to hide. And you know you're never going to be in there with anyone you like. I know, it's going to be difficult people, isn't it? Because they're going to choose people that they know are going to wind you up, aren't they? Yes, 
<laughs> which would be the worst thing knowing going into that It'd be horrendous. so the, obviously one thing that loads of people know about you and probably loads of people don't know about you is that you're a white witch and practice wicca and the wicca wiccan ethos of belief so tell me about because what i find interesting is you've said there's no difference between a white witch and a black witch it's just what you practice is that right yeah i mean there's a rule in wicca so the main rule um that you live by is harm ye none so basically, that means that any um, any magic you do, any any spells, you it has to be for the greater good, and it has to come, um, you know, it has to be positive, good stuff. If you do anything bad or negative, it comes back on you times three. So, and how did you know you were? Was that something from a young age as well? I mean, is it some? Yeah. Is it something that only certain people can do, or is it something that no, anyone? No, anyone. So Wicca is like a sort of form of paganism, really, where you are following the cycles of the earth and nature and you're kind of embracing nature. So you you look at the, the moon. So at the moment, we're coming up to the moon is waxing, which means it's growing full. So this would be a time when you're um, bringing things to you. So if you wanted to do a spell on a waxing moon, you do a spell of bringing things coming to you. Right, okay. So you wouldn't go on a diet on a waxing moon. Because oh. that you'd like, you're more like to put on weight. Oh, God, so you, right. you go on a diet on a waning moon, which is after the full moon, but before the new moon. So that's for things that you want to leave. Get rid of. Oh, right. Okay. To get rid of. Yeah. So it's just following, it's following the cycles of nature. And then not everybody that follows Wicca does magic. Right. And I mean, to be fair, I don't really do, I don't, I very, very rarely do spells now. I think it's hard to do something for yourself. Yes. But I do obviously make up spell kits and sell them, you know, for other people. So what made you, what was the, how did you get attracted to that? Um, Not from like the Wizard of Oz or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my mum, I suppose a bit from my mum, she she was always kind of, she could say, give me your hand. She can't do it now. And she used to tell you things. Oh, wow. Which was a bit bit spooky. Yeah. Um, But she doesn't really do any of that now. And then when I was 18, I did like a, a tarot course um I must have been a little bit older than that probably 20 and I got into sort of reading tarot and and just feel kind of anything like that I'm just really interested in and then I got into quite astrology lots of people that are um religious say you know will will say that's all part of the occult and it's all evil but it's it's not it's it it can be it could be um you know, there's dark, there's dark stuff because you, it's like opening a, a doorway and you can let dark stuff in if you want to. Well, Nicola actually told me that you, because me and Nicola live next door to each other, yes. that apparently there's, some bad stuff has gone into my bathroom. That has left that, hers. There's that weird, yeah. When she said, is that me, that weird corridor between yeah, us? Yeah, she said to me, go upstairs <gasps> and tell me where you think what isn't right, and I immediately went into. Um, Jude's room obviously yes and I said I don't like that hanging thing I don't like the feeling here and then I went to the door and I said there's something here I don't like it and it's it is it's that it's some sort of stale energy and it's going yeah she said a... that's Lee's bathroom so I said he needs to <laughs> oh god and we've got loads of leaks in our bathroom at the moment oh right yeah okay. so you maybe need to smudge in there or something what smudge getting a sage stick and wafting it around, oh really right okay oh right okay yeah so is it quite, I always think, is it quite annoying if you've got those that, that you can, that, I mean, not, you know what I mean? That you're, would you want to always tell people like, oh God, there's such a bad energy in here or whatever? No, is I it, wouldn't, unless no. somebody asked me. I wouldn't. But I get feelings about people quite instantly. I know if I like or dislike somebody. And I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go, oh, come on, don't be silly, you know, and I'll give them a chance. But quite often, right. It's the right sense, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a horrible thing to have in some ways because you feel like you're making a judgment without knowing anything, but it's just a feeling and some people's energy I can't be around. And I think probably anyone listening to this, everyone has got a bit of that. So that's what I mean. It's not something so anyone can base, yeah. if they want to, can look into Yeah, you just tend to ignore it, don't you? But yeah. it's so important to listen to your intuition. Yeah. You know, and you get, I find sometimes I can walk past someone in the street and, and, and I get like this fizzy electrical feeling and I think I, I can't go near that person. It's almost like a warning. It's like a zzz. And how does that relate to kind of spirits and stuff as well then? Is it the same? So say I went to a thing, me and Paul went to a thing, my husband on Valentine's Day uh, to an old hall and it was kind of, and actually I was amazed that you could sense this energy in the room when spirits were there. Is it the same 
So do you set, is it the set all yeah, kind it, of, it is, is it all feeling as an one? energy, isn't it? It is feeling the energy of something or, or someone. I mean, I've never, I've never, I, I, I'm not, not, not to my knowledge have I seen a ghost. I mean, the old house that we used to live in, I woke up one night and there was someone walking, you know, walking past me in the, in the bedroom, which was absolutely freaky and I couldn't see their feet. And it oh, turned God, out that the, right. the floor had used to be lower. Oh, wow. So I suppose that sort of made sense, but you know, you wouldn't necessarily know if you saw a ghost because they just look like a normal person. And so do you ever have, because I, 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 um, again, you kind of did a love spell, didn't you? On your, Not to find your specific husband, but that was to kind of, did, did, tell me about that. I did, I, I did a love spell before I met my husband, yeah. Because I kind of, I'd had some really bad relationships and I thought, no, I've had enough messing about. Let's find someone proper now. Because um, I do think you go through a, a phase when you're a certain age of going for kind of the bad ones. Yes, don't yeah, you? yeah, yeah. You it's kind of go of the, against what you know is right. Yeah, really. yeah. And um, and so I just did this spell, and, I, and then I'd kind of forgotten about it really because I thought, well, I'm not that bothered about meeting anybody. We're just, you know, I'm quite happy being on my own. And then I did meet um, Sean about three months later, so it was quite quick. And you said not to do it on yourself. So that say you're say acting as a profession, obviously, as we know, mm. is very. Yeah. So do you ever get a feeling of kind of like this is the right time to leave a job, or this is the, you know, d- does it does it help give you a? Do you think? Um, I think that's always, you that's in. always difficult, but it's just an instinctive thing. Yeah. It's like I thought about leaving Emmerdale for probably two years. I, I was kind of building up to it, and I thought I'm going to go in two years because it was the travelling which was ridiculous because we're obviously sat in your house in Liverpool and Emmerdale's in Leeds yeah. and the M62 as everyone knows who's been on the M62 oh. is the worst road in the world it was horrendous and I was very very tired I mean you know you're not working all the time you get days off and everything but again like we said you might have one scene but you've got to drive you've got like, to go all the way yeah. and then come back but then also I think it's just the frustration certainly for me as an actor I like the variety of being able to engross myself and the challenge in a, of a different role um, and I wasn't going to get that. If I, I could have stayed, I guess, playing Benice for as long as they wanted her. But I just wanted a want a new challenge. And although it's you know I've had a different challenge in lockdown. Yes. But you know I, I I am doing different things. I've been writing, and that's kind of that's been really challenging. And work will come up. Something will come because it always does. Yes, yeah. But it's just, it's going to take longer than I would have anticipated. And you said writing because you've written your first children's book called yeah. Rosemary. And, and the Witches the, of Pendle Hill. The Witches. So how did that, is that something you've always wanted to do as well? No, no it just um, came to me in a dream. Oh, right, wow. That's sort of the beginnings of the story, some of the characters and everything. And I just thought, oh, I'm, I need to write this, I need to write this. So I started writing it in, you know, while I was filming and everything, and then, um, and then it was the, the problem of getting an agent, literary agent, yes. and all that. So I stuck again in acting, I suppose, oh in a different God. way. Yeah, so so hard. Anything like that is so hard, um, and really, really takes a long time. But I got there in the end, and and just the good thing that's come out of lockdown is that. You know, I've got a publisher. Which oh, that's amazing! Amazing, yeah. And it's just it was. Published is it the same as acting? Because people always say when you go, so you're go. You know, as an actor, you need to get an agent. They say, well, you, need, you haven't done anything to. No, and then so, no, because you you send off what to, to most literary agents. They they have on their website instructions of if they ta- if they're taking submissions. Right. Okay. Like that. Um, so you would send, say, the first three chapters of your work off, and then if they're interested, they some they'll say, "Can I see the rest of it?" And then sometimes you just don't hear anything. And I think I was lucky in in the way that probably more people read it than perhaps would, because obviously I banged on about Emmerdale, but I was still doing it. Then. Yes, so yes, that, that's, that's a great gonna, outlet. That's yeah. going to help. But you know what? Ultimately, I don't think it's made any difference. I mean, my book. My agent... Um, well, the people that I... read books don't really look... You know, it's that kind of thing no, that they you don't, don't really watch, look at the name. they're not going to watch... But also, also you, yeah. They're not going to watch Emmerdale. Why yeah. would they be watching Emmerdale? No, that's not... It's a different it's world. It's a different audience, yeah. Um, but my literary agent, she really loved the book. You know, and that was an accident, how I got her, really. Um, but anyway... And, and but then getting publisher to take it, I was rejected by all the big publishers. Even a lot of the independent ones rejected it. So it was an absolute miracle but it got published. And how it, does that compare? Because I always, when I do talks to younger actors and stuff, and you prepare them really for that, <laughs> for that, um, 
you know, constant nose, constant. How how's the, how have you found the writing in comparison to, you know, is it the same because you've written it? Is it more personal? Is it? It is more. It is very personal. It's the same as creating a, you know, playing a character, I suppose. It feels very personal. It feels like something that's come from deep within you. Yeah. And it is. But what's frustrating, and I don't mean to sound, I suppose it's hard to say this without sounding arrogant, but what's frustrating is you think, I know this is good. Yes. Oh, well, that's all the time. Yeah. And, and anybody really... creative yes, will tell you yeah. that. But the people that make the decisions don't haven't really got any creativity in their bones, have they? No. They... Yeah. <laughs> Let's be blunt. Yeah. A Apart lot from of all time, of our future bosses. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of the time, those people making the decisions don't don't know what people want you know don't necessarily recognize something that's good you've only got to look at the classic examples of how fred astaire was told he couldn't yeah, dance 40 towers was sent yeah, back that was sent back people told Rubbish. you're not funny you're never gonna do this you're yeah. that you're people the say other. it's changed i don't think it has i think it's always been i think funny like enough that. there's more opportunities in america i think there's more I think people are willing to give you more of a chance in America. I think we very much like to pigeonhole people in this country. Yes. And I think that's hard to break break out of and break away Although from. then I say you look at people like Meg Ryan, I think, is the actress who kind of was got out of it because uh, she was just playing, you know, once she'd done Sleeps in Seattle, you know. That, or, yeah, she was just doing the same that thing. That was it, yeah. Um, I mean, how do you feel like about someone like, I think actually one of the bravest is Cameron Diaz just going, I've done that, you know, like. I'm not going to be eaten up alive by this industry because she's retired. She retired years ago. Yeah, I didn't know that. Which I think is quite a really good, brave decision as well. Yeah. How do you think cha- things have changed? For do you think women, especially, the tides changing? Because what's it like? I mean, as whenever I speak to actresses, it's kind of like you go through a. You can work loads when you're young, then loads when you're old. But there's a middle ground that is really hard to work. I think um, a lot of people say that it's t- tricky around forty, don't they? And I was lucky because I went. Into, back into Emmerdale when I was 41. Work had been difficult for a couple of years, but I think that's because I'd got a young child anyway, yeah. and that always narrows down your options about what you're willing to do, etc. I think it's, I think it's getting a bit better. Although having said that, you know, it's 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 still pretty tough for a, for a woman, you know, in the 40s and early 50s because it, there are more parts for men. You know, that's just the way it is. And also, they're only really using that small circle of, of actresses. You know, they're not, you know, which you see all the time, don't you? You see, oh, that person again has yes, got that yeah, job yeah, or yeah, that person's yeah. on telly. And so that makes it quite quite difficult. Is there any actors or actresses, uh, or well, an actress, let's say, who you you not you don't aspire to be, but someone whose career you think, wow, that's kind of incredible well obviously Meryl Streep yes amazing yeah. the the range of parts that she's, she's been able have, to play yeah. and you know I mean she's had an incredible career um you know so I really admire her work I also um I also admired Catherine Hepburn when you know her early career and that but she came from money and I think that gives you an advantage as well I think we're still seeing people very successful people that have come from money even today yes I mean I think especially in this country the wealth of actresses say Judy Dench Maggie Smith a lot lot of them is a very one you know very class orientated background definitely and someone from my you know my background it's hard to to make it so will you be writing more children's books? I'm Have writing more... a sequel. Oh, are you? Um, at the moment, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm writing this because basically, Lee, because when it gets made into a film, yes. at least I'll have a job. Because, yes. because I've written myself a And you a write part. yourself a really good part, yeah. <laughs> so that's a great idea, isn't it, though? No, I've just got to get it made into a film. <laughs> yeah. But, well, you never know, do you? Yeah, so I'm doing a bit of that. but um, And kids' TV series can be... Yeah, that's the true. The biggest money in it. Yeah, yeah, they could be amazing, can't it's they? Sweet. I'd rather it was a film than a TV series. Yes. I think it, it would be better as a film. But, you know, obviously, we'll see. <laughs> yes, <happens>. yeah. <laughs> Not going to turn it down, am I? Okay, we are seven months later. 
from just that second ago. We were in Sam's kitchen before lockdown. We're now in my garden after lockdown because, Sam, you're back in Emmerdale. I know. <laughs> Who'd have thought it? <laughs> Who'd have thought it? Is it? It must be amazing to be back there and seeing everyone. Yeah, it's, it's really nice to see everybody. It is. It's lovely to be with human beings again. And obviously, as we know, soaps changed so much. There's a whole new kind of family of cast there. Is it weird when you go back and kind of sets have changed and different people are in because obviously Mandy Dingle runs the hair salon as it was so it must be strange going it's kind of the same but kind of very different um yeah it 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 is and it isn't I mean there's a new set called The Hyde which I'd I'd never heard of before uh but it's quite nice quite funky it's like an outdoor that's where the Sharma factory was that's right yes so that's new the salon um at the time of recordings I haven't done any scenes in the salon as yet but I'm I'm going to be I mean you know I, I think I'm going to be I think and I'm sure Benice is probably not happy that someone's well, in her I mean, salon. Well, I mean, Benice and Mandy, <laughs> historically, you know, donkey's years ago, always were, had a bit of a snippy relationship. So I think that could be quite funny, funny if, if yeah. that's explored, actually. So, yeah, there's lots of new cast members I haven't met because, obviously, we're still working in these little bubbles, really, and you don't see people. Yes, yeah, so I was going to say to you, actually, to let everyone know, because obviously you're still working under COVID restrictions. What's that like? Because... So since Sam's gone back, the revelation is you've now got a wig. <laughs> because of, though, because it's you... It's no ha- longer a secret. No, you have to do your own hair and makeup, don't you? We have to do our own hair and makeup, which is, an, which is a nightmare, actually, because, you know, for me, without sounding... I'm going to sound like a precious idiot, <laughs> but that, that hour in makeup, you sort of sit there and you, and you kind of and you get into the zone. Your lines. You can think of your lines, you can think about where your character's at and all that stuff and it's really, and also it's really nice, you know, having someone. Well, also you're going on telly in HD, so you kind yeah. of want, a, want professional a professional to do it. I know, not me that just <laughs> slaps on a bit of eyeliner and mascara. So that's been hard. The most what do they do then? Do they stand behind you and tell, kind of, do you have a... No, they just leave you to it. Oh, do they? Do they? So you don't have a, like a Venice guide? No, and I mean, I I never, I, I never do eyebrows. I've never done eyebrows. And so, you know, sort of makeup Jess coming in saying to me, oh, yes, well, you need to do your eyebrows. What do you mean? What have I got to do to them? <laughs> well, you've got to make them darker. You've got to stick them back on. Fra- yeah, <laughs> because apparently they frame your face. I don't normally wear foundation in real life, so I didn't know how to put that on. And the hair, oh, that's a whole other yeah, scenario. Yeah. So that is, and then working... I take it, I think I'm right in saying it's masks unless it's a take and it's a very small, limited number of people on it's set, masks. isn't it? We don't have to have masks outside now. Right. That's only just happened. But we still have to have masks inside and obviously then you just take them off for the takes and then straight back. It's very, very strange. Very strange. Well, I think that must be weird because, you know, when you're in rehearsals, you get to see how someone's playing it. So yeah. if they've got a mask on, you kind of it doesn't get revealed until the actual tape. Oh, yeah, it's horrible. It's it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it's still horrible. And you can't see where you're going, and you can't hear people all with a mask. You know, yeah, with a mask. Very on, strange. Yeah. And so finally, before we go, so is there? We you don't need to give anything away because I know as these things are, we can never say anything. But is there exciting stuff coming up for Benice being back in the village? Well, she's certainly coming back with a bang. Amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much to Samantha Giles for joining me on Soap from the Box and good luck with her Emmerdale return. I'm sure you will all be tuning in. Sam was in a play I did last year as well for charity. Uh, She's amazing, a brilliant friend and all the luck to her for the future and thanks for being a guest. There are of course two episodes to listen to every single week this season on Soap from the Box. The other one is with Hollyoaks star Fabrizio Santino, the best name in soap by far. So listen to that now. As usual, thank you to David Stevens and the Bothy for their edit and technical wizardry and to Ian McCallum for all of his press help. Have a safe, a happy week and I hope the sun shines where you are. See you next week. 